Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's time to kick off your week with a fresh edition of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's seven, and we're coming at you live from the Yankee Candle Barn across the street from the E-League Studios. <laughs> you, you've definitely been planning that one. Just right before we started, I was like, is the, is the candle is the candle on? You're like, don't burn yourself. Careful. Yeah. It's hot and it's comfortable. <laughs> that doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> Oh, man. This week's show is a big one. There's going to be uh, more venture money flying around esports and gaming in general. Blizzard takes a page out of Valve's book when it comes to spectating, and Twitch is about to let streamers run their own tournaments. But first, let's talk about League of Legends Worlds. So, Do we have to? <laughs> we have to. I'm still trying to wake up from getting up at 4 o'clock this morning to watch it. But Invictus Gaming and Fnatic both 3-0'd their opponents this weekend to destroy the hopes of an OLCS Finals. G2 and Cloud9 both look like shells of themselves. And uh, while this was NA's last chance, we will still set ourselves up for a first non-Korean winner since Taipei Assassins won back in 2012 and could also mean a repeat championship, in case you forgot, for Fnatic, who are the original winners of Worlds way back in 2011. Are you still hyped for Worlds, or is the 4 a.m. plus the uh, lack of an NA team got you down? I think either way, it's just, it will be an enjoyable finals, right? I mean, Fnatic is doing incredibly, incredibly well. Invictus... Just as much, but now these these two were from the original same group, and I believe Fnatic has already taken them down before. Yes, and this is the first time ever in world's history that two teams from the same group made the finals. Right, right, right. And so this is this is rematch at this point in time. So Invictus is more than likely going to bring it. Uh, Cloud9 losing out as much as I wanted to see them win it, as much as I want to see them go all the way. Not quite in the cards. I mean, for eight minutes, not, it looked not, like they I might. I was going to say, not quite as in never, except for a blip on the radar where I'm pretty sure um, their boys went out there and like, oh, I'm going to go get some Doritos, and they came back. And they're like, oh, Cloud9's finally got ahead on gold. Yeah, I think at one point in time, uh, they Cloud9 tried their little, we're going to go off meta, we're going to try be a little, little crazy with like a Victor and Leona bottom. Um, did not really work in game two. Did off for like meta. maybe one kill. Yeah, sure. And that's when they're like, oh, oh, that's what you're doing. Off meta, on meta, it didn't seem to matter for C9. They, in a lot of ways, I'm glad they didn't make it. And I'm glad this happened now and not in finals. I think, you know, not to be mean, but I do believe that we will have a better finals with Invictus and Fnatic than we would have had had G2 or Cloud9 made it through. Yeah, yeah. And I think also it it, it feels like a letdown compared to the stories that were running up to this. Like, this could be amazing in a 3-0, 3-0 feels pretty bad it feels like just an absolute stomp this, this late in worlds it's kind of sad like the three o's back to back in the semis i'm not gonna lie it's a little bit disappointing but i'm still excited for a, we were guaranteed a non-korean winner i thought we would get a chinese team to win it before we would get another eu team to win it but i could be wrong you could be now the thing that is also 
of importance here is that um, you know Fnatic could technically be a, a, an EU team that's now won it twice, which has that has also. It I think happened. most people forgot. Right, right, right. I, I at one point in time I was like, I know Fnatic has been here before, but yeah, that was uh, many many moons. I think ago. there was eight teams back in those days. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, how about that? But uh, all right, can we can we move on to the my boy? Your boy. He's not everybody's He's your not boy. My, I know. I just figured you. By throw the it. way, don't think I didn't watch you on Mixer to know that everybody latched onto the fact that I called Forsaken your boy. I know, I know. It's so awful. But no, Ninja's not my boy. But anyways, uh, it was announced earlier this week, actually, I think it was at uh, TwitchCon just a couple days ago, that uh, they would actually be releasing an EDM album for Ninja on Astroworks titled Ninja Works. And the album will actually feature... <laughs> you've got head and hands already. The album will feature songs that embody what gaming means to Ninja. Now, this is basically a group of people, a group of artists... Um, being it's a, it's a soundtrack for ninja it's just it's various artists on astroworks yeah well not so much your life because it's ninja's life which is vastly different from yours <laughs> last time i checked um uh yeah this is awkward i think it's awkward do you think it i mean is it I, and here's and here's why it's whenever these concept albums that come around because that's really what it is it's a concept soundtrack it just feels like they're they're stuffing with a bunch of things and latching it on to the name to the brand of Ninja just to push more, well, digital sales in this case. I think we've reached peak Ninja at this point. So another thing that was announced at TwitchCon was also that he was going to be part of a twelve-hour New Year's Eve special sponsored by Red Bull that's going to take place live from Times Square, features celebrity streamers, blah blah blah, and will air on Ninja's Twitch channel. Look, I get it. I'm stoked that we have this great ambassador for gaming. I wouldn't really call it for esports. We'll call it for gaming and streaming. It happens to be for a game that is kind of an esport. But this stuff, this is the jump the shark territory. Like when we watch the retrospective documentary about Ninja and his life, when he eventually, like I don't know, like gets addicted to meth and you know, find him dead in a dumpster in like three years. You know those things well, that always you happen. Just, you just went really dark. It's VH1 behind the music. It's okay. So when we watch the VH1 behind the music of this years down the road, this will be the turning point in which he's like sadly just like sitting in his living room. Listening to the Ninja Works album, covered like, in Taco Bell, covered in Taco Bell. Like, why did I sign up for this? This is a horrible idea. His boy Marshmallow is on the album. I don't know. This is. I take advantage of it while you can. No, to be clear, not hating on Ninja, but we clearly have reached the point when you're starting to make concept albums about esports and just attaching random names to it. We are there. The shark has been. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think the Red Bull thing on New Year's Eve is actually really really cool. Um, is that what you're going to be watching? No, because you're going to be asleep because you're a dad. I'm just old. Yeah, I'll be asleep for like the entire day. I'll just have like one beer and snooze. That's not, not really the case. But that that is neat. I think that's something different. It's it's the whole New Year's Eve stuff going on. What do you want to watch? I mean, would you rather watch Ninja play video games or Mariah Carey lip sync poorly again? I mean, if I'm being honest, it's kind of a lot of fun to make fun of Mariah Carey lip sync and get really upset about it. <laughs> I mean, you can't deny that's not good entertainment. It, okay, so See, evidently you've now you. So what we need is another Mariah Carey album for you. Mariah works. Make it happen, Astral. 
about <laughs> this it. is awful. Oh, man. Fortnite developer Epic Games has raised a $1.25 billion round of funding, including investors KKR, Iconic Capital, Smash Ventures, Vulcan Capital, Kleiner & Perkins, and Lightspeed Ventures. Does this mark a turning point in the focus of Epic Games as a platform company? Like, are they now truly a gaming company? They are raising money on the back of the success of a video game that they made as opposed to the Unreal Engine. I think you have to look at there's both halves to this, right? The Unreal Engine was obviously making them a ton of money to begin with, but Fortnite is just now so incredibly huge that uh, the amount of licensing that's coming off of that from a monetary standpoint is not is, is unlike most games and ever. And the speed at which it is happening is insane to me. There's there's Funko Pops. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to right. bask in that for a moment. Nerf guns action figures it is Co- halloween costumes halloween costumes halloween well. costumes yes which i'm kind of disappointed i didn't pick one up no i, I mean they were yeah. selling out when was the last time you heard people waiting in line for a halloween costume it's a, it, it it's absurd um i was at, a, at an event uh with family saturday i believe it was and there was like an eight-year-old doing multiple dances from Fortnite, while like basically playing dodgeball in my like i don't know my brother-in-law's basement like what is going on sounds like a bad dream it it does it does but ninja i had the ninja astral works or ninja works soundtrack playing the entire time oh you got a preview copy yeah absolutely we're, you know we're buds now right um yeah 100 or 1.25 billion. billion dollars like that's absurd billion. well it just tells you More that than a million it just tells you that like that's even then they they're already printing money so what i mean what 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 is what is what does Epic do with one point two five billion? More esports, more ninja albums. I don't I, know. That is a very good question, though. What are they burning? Like, is there some development process going behind the scenes that they're burning money quicker than we would expect them to? It's a very interesting amount of like. It says a lot about what these companies believe to be the value of Epic, and obviously, you can take into account that they still are a platform company, and lots and lots of games are built on the Unreal Engine. But it is telling that this round comes now that Fortnite has gotten big, and you have to wonder, like, what do they have in store that they feel like they need this level of funding? So if you look at uh, when Minecraft was purchased from for Microsoft, they bought them at $2 billion. Yep. So is this the assumption that somebody is going to buy Epic for more than $2 billion or $4 billion? Like, what, I mean, I mean, you can see them being worth that because... They have the platform business on top of having a very popular game. Now, to be clear, Minecraft got bought much later in its lifetime, and it had proven that it had legs. I don't think Fortnite yet has proven that it has legs long term. And if I were interested, if I was a Microsoft, for example, and I was interested in buying Fortnite as a property, I would probably wait a year or two to find out if this thing has long-term longevity. Though, I also do believe that Microsoft didn't necessarily get all the value that they had hoped to get out of the purchase of Minecraft either. I don't think so either. I think that they hit Minecraft past its prime, in all honesty. But Minecraft is probably the closest parallel you could make uh, to this, just in terms of licensing deals and so on. And the popularity of the game. I said so on and so forth, which I'm not allowed to say anymore. No, no. All right. Yeah, (laughs) not to drink, I think. Well, that might be the reason to say it. All right, so uh, moving on to the next one, Axiomatic, uh, who is also part of that whole Epic Games 1.25. They spent the money already. Yeah, they're, they're just uh, they're doubling down. They raised another round uh, to the tune of $26 million. And now, this is the parent company of Team Liquid's latest round, which included the uh, Michael Jordan from uh, 
you know, NBA fame, obviously. And his shoes. Uh, and his shoes. And owner, I guess he's the owner of the Charlotte Hornets now, yeah? Correct. I, I don't I don't follow the sports ball enough anymore. Stick and ball sports. But anyways, so is this I, I think it was uh Jacob Wolf mentioned that now that every NBA team in some way, shape, or form is involved in esports. I think with this, Charlotte was like the last one, the last holdout. So are esports becoming the trendy celebrity investment, or is there is there more to it? This is tough, right? So I lived through the age. We all lived through the age. We act like it's so far along ago, <laughs> five years ago, when all the celebrities were investing in. We like, don't have ninjas audience. So we've got older than five. Yeah, years. sorry. People have definitely like you know they're not in high school anymore. So you remember five, ten years ago, especially five years ago, there was a lot of celebrities investing in tech. Generally speaking, a lot of them getting into like various Instagram type clones, Snapchat type clones. There were there were certain categories of app, mobile applications that the actors and musicians set was very big into. Now, this one, for some reason, seems to be one that speaks to sports celebrities in particular, right? It is not, and it's not to say that there are not celebrities from outside of the sporting world that have invested in esports, but it's definitely heavily indexed since the Rick Fox days, Shaquille O'Neal days. Like We've almost forgotten the list of investors that have been mm-hmm. involved up to this point. I believe... It is not trendy because there's one huge difference here. And I'm going to pick on Ashton Kutcher, who, to be fair, has become a very savvy investor in his life. But starting early on, what does the dude from that 70s show know about you know mobile app development? These guys are all people that know a lot about sports and know a lot about competition. They, uh, Some of them, like Michael Jordan, own a sports franchise. And while traditional sports and esports are not perfectly parallel, they're not orthogonal either. And if I had a sporting franchise and I could have Michael Jordan on my board or Rick Fox on my board or Shaquille O'Neal on my board, I think that is an important move. And it's a safe investment because a lot of what is happening with esports is happening within the circle of the NBA in particular, but in traditional sports. And to have investors along for that ride means that they are more invested than just using us for a little bit because it's popular with the kids and moving on. I actually like it. So I, one of the things that we've – I know we've talked about this before in the past. It might have been like two years ago under one of our other shows, Brands, the same show. I've lost track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there was something uh, – one of the players had mentioned that he was being told by uh, – I don't know if, if NBA players get someone to help them with their investment or financial, advice. financial advisors. Basically, the NBA like assigns them one like while the they're players. on that TV show. Right, right. So, <laughs> but they were saying that you need to diversify and invest your money, and esports is very much a, a hot commodity right now. You should invest in it. So, this is why it doesn't surprise me to see the NBA glom onto esports more yep. than any other group. I think we've seen some baseball teams jumping in here, a lot of uh, European uh, football teams, mm-hmm. uh, really, is, uh, as well. But the NBA has been largely to involved in it and i think it's due to these financial advisors pushing them in that direction i agree it's not necessarily a trendy celebrity thing it's very borderline though it's I, it's yeah it's, it is not quite astral works jump the shark but it's it's right halfway there <laughs> it is it, it i think within the next year we will see it become that um but at this point in time it's it's edging closer but we're getting a lot of people in, involved uh, like who was the group of like Shaq and uh, J Lo? I think J Lo even invested as yeah. well, right? Let's yeah. We don't want to talk about that. You don't like that video? What video? Wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. Mind about. erased. That, but that, I trust me. I had my mind erased after I saw that hype video. <laughs> Anyways, I, I think I think it's somewhat there, but not a hundred percent. We're definitely edging closer. I agree. 
Twitch is introducing the ability to spin up on-the-fly tournaments with a click of a button. The new feature, powered by GameOn, will allow streamers to invite their audience to a tournament directly in-game. There are a current set of games that include this functionality already. Darwin Project, Paladin Strike, Overlord, Tactical Monsters Rumble Arena, SCP Secret Laboratory, with Scum coming soon. Scum actually probably, outside of Paladin Strike, being the most notable game on there. Does this spell the beginning of the end for other tournament platforms, or is this just another thing that Twitch is going to do and no one's going to care about it six months down the road? So GameOn is is Amazon. It's their uh, whole API backend thing that they're trying to build into. I think it'll probably be built into, I'm sure, it will be built into Lumbermill, I think, which is the, yes. the uh, backend development stuff that they that's do. That's their AWS for gaming. Pretty much, yes. Well, no, that's, I mean, that's a, framework, but yes. it's actually, I think, CryEngine. They, like, basically bought CryEngine and have just rebuilt it and added additional tools for and it. And took one of the coolest names and gave it one of the lamest names. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, but does this spell the end of things like... Smash GG, for example. Uh, no, no, I don't think so, because those games allow you to um, build tournaments largely based on things that uh, don't have the tournaments built in. I think... If we look at the people who are originally jumping into this, no real big name. Scum maybe is the biggest one, but even then, that's coming soon. Hey, I want my Paladin Strike tournament yet. <laughs> and I know that uh, you know Amazon has been at every like PAX event. They're really, really trying to push it. I don't see it being adopted. It, it's not right away. I don't see it being writing on the wall because people like Blizzard, they're not going to let them in. They're not going to use this. No, they don't want to make it easier for people to run tournaments. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think it will it will largely come from that maybe mid to smaller indie groups using it because it can be an easy add-on. It's something you just like I said, you spin up with AWS. It's if you're using Amazon as your backend for anything, it's almost automatic to use this type of service. My assumption, uh, and so the people who usually do that are the smaller to mid indies who want to try and get a lot of stuff going on on Twitch, and that's really what it is. It's it's more for Twitch, and some of these indies have found really. Uh, good uh, sticking points for uh, their game by having interactions or extensions in Twitch chat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is one of those things. I think Scum will probably be the one that leverages this the best. It, it already feels like a game that has gotten some notoriety, you know, because of the genre. It's because of this unique take on the genre. And I think this is a good way for a genre that is still trying to find the right way to run tournaments and esports. It'll be very interesting to see how it is actually implemented. But I do think it will get used quite a bit by that community. Yeah, I'm sure it will because it's integrated in there. It'd probably be one of the primary things that they push. And it wouldn't surprise me if Amazon also paid additional to get Scum to do it. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. We're at the point of the show where we're going to spend a little bit of time on some useless conjecture because it wouldn't be our show if we didn't do that. So we've latched on to a probably innocent retweet by the Philadelphia Fusion, which has sparked our thoughts that Blizzard may be looking at starting up not just a Hearthstone League, but you actually believe, based on this tweet, they could potentially be offering these teams that are part of the Overwatch League, the first rights to leagues around several games, including the Call of Duty World League. So my thought is this. If I came to you and I said, hey, I want you to buy into Overwatch. I want You can buy a franchise within Overwatch. No. And it's $20 million. Nope. Probably no. But if I said, I want you, if you have the ability to buy an esports team franchise within all of Blizzard's properties for $20 million, Yes. Yes. And this is what I'm, I'm starting to believe is because with the, the Fusion bumping this tweet about basically joining Hearthstone, uh, I believe it's Fino, and 
my thought is this. The, the interesting thing I think was uh, was that Karova had, had, had pointed out to us is like, hey, is this me in a Hearthstone league? Which, when you partner this with the stuff that came at Mike Lowe, who ran the United Hearthstone League, which had to change its name, that whole drama. Yep, yep. Um, you start to see that Blizzard could have plans for a Hearthstone League. Partner that with this, and it could be that they're that the Philadelphia Fusion or anybody else could be part of that league. And it would make amazing sense from Blizzard's standpoint to have these brands go across multiple games. Yep. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't see that before. I don't know. I mean, that explains so much money, so much about the amount of money being thrown at these things. If you think about it, like you're buying in to not just Overwatch for the, Overwatch the first year, then maybe they expand to Hearthstone, Call of Duty. Maybe we can fix whatever HGC. HGC, right? Like you're essentially driving those. You're making those brands across all of your titles. And that's insane. And you're getting economies of scale, right? Because you already have to have the infrastructure to run the organization. The Overwatch League definitely, out of all those games, with maybe the exception of Call of Duty, the most strenuous financially because of the amount of players that you need to keep on the squad, the amount of practice time, the length of the season, etc. So if the Fusion, for example, needed to sign one or two players for a potential Hearthstone League, the percentage cost to do so compared to the rest of the money that they have invested in overwatch league is pretty small and but they can operate the business and distribute the cost across the whole thing as opposed to you know tsm going and getting two people and saying okay you are on a separate balance sheet hearthstone as a game has to do well for us or we will get out of the equation whereas in this one blizzard actually forces stability within these games that are less stable because there's less likely they're the fusion are not going to be able to duck out they might change players but they are not necessarily going to be able to duck out and it stabilizes that scene tremendously because they've tied it to the overwatch league yeah and on top of that if you look at it from a sponsorship level uh backing or just getting more eyeballs on it if you were to go to a sponsor and say hey we want to put say coca-cola's logo on the shoulder of a, of the fusion jersey whatever it may be um Okay, that, how many eyeballs are you going to get in Overwatch League? How much are you then when you start tacking on Call of Duty, Hearthstone? Basically, if you'd say now we're pitching all of Hearthstone or all of Blizzard esports at every sponsor, that scale is far more impressive than what Overwatch was doing. And holy crap, this opens up so many doors. And I don't know why I never thought of it this at this way. I think it's largely because they were they've been talking so much around how they want to change the league. What's going on for next year? Yada, yada, yada. And we haven't seen as much movement on Call of Duty as we expected to based on when the rumors kicked off earlier last year. The fact that we haven't seen it yet for 2019 and looks very unlikely for 2019 kind of put us on. It would be weird, but not completely unheard of for them to say, you know what? Hearthstone's actually easier. Let's announce that at BlizzCon. Spin that up first. We'll circle back to Call of Duty. Yeah, and it would make sense to to expand expand it into Hearthstone because Hearthstone doesn't have any sort of league, and we've talked about this before. It's really hard to keep players, any any organization, to keep players uh, alive and afloat long enough because it is sort of random. Yep. But when you narrow that field down to just the, the number of teams, and you've expanded teams in Overwatch, or maybe just within Blizzard esports now, you've expanded into other areas. This starts making a lot more sense. And if they're not doing this. Holy crap! We just gave you the best idea ever, possibly. Um, but yeah, we can take full credit on, for it next time we see him. On the on the flip side, though, it kind of does kill their esports scene outside of their franchises, though. And but, that's but we've seen them not care about that. 
Well, they, yeah. They brought a meteor down onto the Overwatch League esports scene, or the Overwatch esports scene before Overwatch League was brought into the equation, and they either killed everything or brought it into the Blizzard loop. Hearthstone will be interesting because it is more, just by nature of the game, more of a grassroots type system outside of the HCT that we normally see. And I'll be interested to see what they do to that set of tournaments. You know, the fireside gathering, things of that nature will probably live on. But I could see them saying, if it's not official Blizzard, sorry about your luck at some point in the future. Well, in a lot of ways, they've already seen the the Hearthstone... secondary kind of not only say league but this the secondary tournaments kind of collapse right you've got uh some things like phoenix cup you've got united hearthstone league which isn't united hearthstone league anymore i'm not sure what they rebranded as and you've got a couple of these smaller tournaments that kind of go on but uh like the stuff that take tv does the seat story cup but you don't have i mean with the loss of um what's it called like strife i think not was it strife um anyways there was the they did all the open cups, and it was all organized electronically. It's not. It's not Smash GG. They went out of business. They went. They changed like one v one GG, and then went under like two weeks later. Um, last minute rebranding. Yeah. Well, we well where are you, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Wait a minute. We got one more week to go. Um, Don't fire. But with, us. but with that going away, uh, there's there are not a lot of people organizing tournaments really in general. There are a ton of tour stops, but those tour stops can. St- still happen if you're a franchise. And I would almost beg to differ that they will likely have a localized version of the league and still try and continue the, the tour stops, but at, to a lesser degree. They're going to need an intake pipe, right? Similar to what they've done with Overwatch Contenders, similar to what they do with the HGC Open Cup. Like They will still need a mechanism for discovering new Hearthstone players. So if there is no scene outside of franchising, they will have zero methods for discovering that. So I do think some of that gets converted over. Right. And I know you say that they dropped a meteor on Overwatch, and they, they kind of sort of did. I mean, they definitely enhanced it. They stopped it before it even really got going. They basically dropped a meteor on Korean Overwatch. Yeah. But else, elsewhere, it wasn't there. He just wanted to stream. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, unless that meteor was XQC. Uh, I'm just Ooh. saying, they haven't... Uh, Hearthstone is, is probably the next one that they would do. Uh, Heroes after that. And then that yeah, fighting Heroes, game, they'd have to turn what they've already done upside... <laughs> Jesus. Hero, <laughs> Heroes, they would have to turn over what they've already had going for a few years. Hearthstone feels very, very loose at this point and far less destructive for them to bring a franchising model. And you could even, because there's not existing organizations in the way that there is in the HGC right now. Yes, there are players who are sponsored, but there's also players who are not sponsored versus the HGC, which has organizations that are invested fairly heavily into Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I'm trying to think whether or not I've seen any teams sign players recently, like big name teams sign players. And I haven't really. I think Language Hacker got picked up by somebody, but he was. I, I think that's not largely the way for that we used to, right? Like it used to be after every major tour stop, there would be like you know either just before or just after there would be stories about people getting picked up. Yeah, I can't think of any any major teams that have are picking players up. It was happening a little bit earlier in the summer because of the um, the Hearthstone that the stuff that they were doing with the different teams, and the, the more points that they got, they got to essentially yep. uh, move on to bigger tournaments, whatever it may be. But though that has settled largely, and I, I'm and as much as Blizzard has denied everything else under the sun that's going on this this coming week, uh, <laughs> they have not done a video in which Jeff Kaplan or Nate Nanzer comes out and says. Now, we've heard a lot of rumors, but we don't want you to get excited because we are not announcing a Hearthstone League. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've been trying to wrap my head around what they're actually going to talk about 
this coming weekend at BlizzCon. And this starts to fit the bill in a lot of different areas. It's going to be complete, like, put on your tinfoil hats, folks. Seven's talking about Hearthstone League and fr- franchising all of Blizzard Esports. But, man, that would be equally cool. In 10 years when it scary. happens, you can still take credit. You're just ahead there of you your go. time. Yep. That works. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to not my boy, uh, Forsaken in oh India. Boy. I heard you had some pancakes with him. No, 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 no. That was pretty funny over there. That was really good. If this was a visual medium, we would be having that just up on the screen for the entire episode. To give an example, or to, to give you insight to what happened uh, last week um, on This Week in Esports, which That's was this past Thursday, at not at all. Uh, this Week in Esports over on Mixer Channel 1, uh, Kate and Roby were awesome hosts, but Roby went ahead and just photoshopped me and Forsaken in an, in an IHOP. So, or having pancakes. He was the one telling you about the Hearthstone League. He, yes, that must have been it. Yes, <laughs> that's what he should have done. He should have just he should have just titled his cheat his cheat program Hearthstone League.exe, and nobody would have been like, oh, well, yeah, Hearthstone ain't, ain't a big deal. There you go. Anyways, uh, so it was uh, after it was unveiled that Optic India, um, well, basically Forsaken uh, was cheating during the team's run at the India Premiership. The organization has now disqualified them. And I, I can't wait for this story to be done. At all. I know, it seems like every week. Yeah. This is like the third show I think we've talked about. It. But those organizers have decided to go ahead and kick out that win, uh, bring back in Slaughter Rage Army and Too Easy Gaming. And that's going to be held on October 28th. And the winner of that tournament will actually represent India in the ESL Pro League Asia Final. Does, does this make Forsaken's ban seem like... Is it a proper resolution to this whole mess? What's your thoughts? I think so. I mean, I'm glad we are in a game and a setting where they have the opportunity to do this and do a replay. It makes perfect sense. Very clear that probably for this tournament, the tournament he got caught in, and Lord knows how many others that he was cheating, it is very, very unfortunate for Optic India because the rest of the players who may or may not have known he was cheating, also are out of the tournament. But it's fair to to the awesome name Slaughter Rage Army and Too Easy Gaming uh, to go at it for their opportunity in the slot. But it makes perfect sense. Forsaken should never, ever be allowed to play Counter-Strike again, in my opinion, at this point. Like, he's been busted twice. So I'd like the harshest punishment ever brought down upon him, but I doubt that will happen. I think I saw rumors of five years was what was thrown no, I think it, I think it officially came down as two. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, no, this dude needs to be done. Like... If there's a three-strike rule, he did it once, which they reduced, and then he busted out at this one where there was already rumors that he was cheating, and then he does it again at Extreme Land. Like, done. So, great move on the retroactive banning, or the retroactive disqualification. I would like to see him permanently banned from Counter-Strike. Uh, probably coming. Well, I don't know if it will. I, in all honesty, you're like, not, you're who's biased, gonna, who's gonna, I'm not biased. Who's going to pick him up after this? Like the fact that Optic picked him up, already knowing or having all these people coming He's to reformed. Optic. Yeah, and and he was already banned when Optic chose to get him anyways, or just or had just become unbanned because they'd worked some deal to get him unbanned. And now I I don't see it. I don't see why he anybody would even touch him with the ten foot pole at this point. I I don't even know how many people will pick up the other players. Because of that association. Because that's got to be scary. Because what happens if they... So far, none of them have been found cheating. I'm not saying that they are cheating. But it doesn't... It's going to raise that question when that person is on your team. Well... I'm looking forward to the Kevin Hit piece over on VP Esports with like the Slack chats between Forsaken and his other teammates talking about it. Like That's what's going to come. Just because the story will go nowhere. 
it's just going to be here forever. <laughs> just, we we'll, we'll talk. Of, remember the remember the days of Forsaken and this cheating. Your daily Forsaken update. Yeah. No, I I I do hope that this is the end of this story. I don't I don't want anybody. You hear that, Jules? Leave it out of the notes. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just I'm really tired because I think I talked about it on Mixer this past week. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it sucks. I can't believe he would have the balls to do it, and then he gets caught takes everybody down with him whether or not they knew i don't know that's played that they they didn't know that sucks for them and now their careers are shot yep and optic is just who is already having money problems They're now has to get in. out yep. yeah leaving india has to give this money back from the tournament yep. and has just lost all the money invested in that whole scene has ruined their name in that scene and is probably in some other areas yeah yeah it's unfortunate Moving on, Blizzard is introducing a beta of the Overwatch World Cup viewer that will allow the audience to spectate the upcoming BlizzCon World Cup live from a spectator's point of view. This means you will get control of the camera, just like the professional spectators do, and will even give you that functionality for replays of the semifinals and finals, all within the Battle.net client. Is this the direction esports viewing is going? Because we've seen this functionality available in Dota, for example, but this is a big deal for them to do it for something as popular as the Overwatch League, and is this the way that we will watch this going forward as opposed to on ESPN? I think we've already seen Blizzard experiment with throwing things into the launcher. Uh, we've seen we've seen Overwatch League, right? Whenever matches were going on, that was thrown in the launcher. Yep. Um, look at the amount uh, that they're able to scale up. Uh, with uh, World of Warcraft, even in Hearthstone, it makes sense for them to let people see things a little bit differently. And maybe this is the way to help people understand the game more. What the hell's going on? Right. I mean, if you think about it, like, if I'm looking at it from a spectator point of view, I could go around and I don't. maybe I don't understand the map. Maybe I don't get what they're doing, but I can go around and do it. Now, does it mean I'm able to follow the action or hear the commentary? I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see how this plays out. I'm actually kind of have to figure out how to step away from BlizzCon to go watch this in the Battle.net client to figure out exactly how this is working. Yeah, I think I think it's really, really cool. I'm glad that they're testing it as well uh, because it would suck to like hype this up and it not launch well. well but this is a similar approach we saw them take to a lot of the spectator improvements they did for overwatch league season one that they also beta tested at the world cup last year right so we've now decided or now determined that the world cup is just really the ptr yep. of uh of, of overwatch live events at blizzcon really hey you might actually be able to sift through the neon shit show and figure out what's going on in overwatch yeah, I like that. I like that term. I'll have, to, I'll have to keep that in there. So, all right. Now, before we, we, we were talking about uh, this show, we were setting up the notes and we were going through things. I don't know how I went on this run and gave myself back-to-back stories that are kind of just about Negative. awful people. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the next story we want to talk about is the Wichita Swatter. Uh, Tyler Barris faced up to 46 new criminal charges as part of the case against him for that swatting incident which led to the death of Andrew Finch back in December. And this was all over like a, it was like a $10 or a $20 bet or something ridiculous. Yeah, something absolutely absurd. And I think it was, I, I might've been Call of Duty. Uh, maybe it has been another game, but it was a first person shooter game and it was dumb. Basically he uh, called in a SWAT against this other player. And uh, when the SWAT team showed up, it didn't go well. And we, someone actually died, which was Andrew Finch. And that has now led to 46 criminal accounts. Now, this is the I think this is the first time someone's gone to court around swatting. 
do you think they're trying to make an example of him? Yes, and he should be made an example of. This is absurd. Like, a person died over a video game directly because of this person's actions. And I get that some people are looking at it because the prosecutors are going back and looking at his history and, and digging up more charges that they can place against him, and that seems unfair. I Unfair or not, don't care. This guy needs made an example of. If this is what is going to take to keep kids from using the police as a weapon against people, whether it be in a joking manner or not, that results in injury or death or threat to people's family. This is along the same lines of the crap we saw with like Dr. Disrespect and people shooting at his house. Like All this classification of issue is fucking moronic. So yes, make a fucking example out of this guy. I hope he goes to jail for the rest of his fucking life because he deserves to because that other guy is not going to come back over a fucking $10 bet in Call of Duty. Yeah, that is true. Let's not throw it against Call of Duty because I don't know if it was Call of Duty. But anyways, oh, oh, too late. Brian Brian's on the rant. He's just he's just condemning Call of Duty. Uh, oh, not Call of Duty. I'm talking about the fact that it was a video game that it was a ten dollar bet on, and this guy ends up dead. I'm just messing with you. But yes, no, I 100 percent agree. I don't know if he needs to be made the example, but there needs to be follow ups to all of these swatting things when it's determined who it is. And when this happens, because this is really ridiculous. It's happened multiple times. I think there was even some YouTubers who talked about having to basically employ security. Uh, what's his name here in Columbus? Employ security around his house because he almost gets swatted daily. That's like ridiculous. it's become almost re- to the point where they, the police know that whenever they're called and, and they know his address and know it's BS. But he literally employs like a, like a security company to just hang out by his house because of all the crap that ends up going on. See, now my my expertise is not criminal law, but I would love to know if this is close enough to be able to charge these people with attempted murder. Like, can you point to a situation like this particular one and say, this is what it potentially could result in, and therefore, if you call SWAT on somebody, you may have had the intention to have that person injured or killed, and therefore, it can be an attempted murder charge. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be figured out and put into law to keep this from happening. Like, it's no longer like, oh, what a bad joke. No, you get busted... That's like 10, 15, 20 years in felony in jail because that's what it deserves. It's absurd. Yeah, I think this action needs to have an an actual penalty assessed to to it, right? Yeah, kids or not, don't care. Right, right. It, it's not a joke. It's not just a funny thing you're doing, like doxing someone. You're legit performing in an illegal action. It's the same as like theft. It's the same as just manslaughter, whatever it may be. Not that in terms of penalty-wise, but like it is classified as one of these things. In some way, shape, or form. I, I totally agree with that. I like that idea. Yep. League of Legends Worlds is on pace to surpass t- the 2017 edition in total hours watched. With 21.86 million hours going into this past weekend, it is likely that this year's edition of the tournament will surpass the 24.71 million hours watched from last year by the time that you are listening to this. Is this the worlds that League of Legends esports needed to finally find its audience again? Well, I, we talked about this, uh, I think, last week as well. But I think, in, in some ways, I think with the uh, the Cinderella stories that were going on <laughs> up until this weekend, uh, granted, now Cinderella's dreams have been hoped and crushed. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pumpkins were stepped on, whatever it may be. <laughs> she was inside it. Like, we're killing we're killing Disney. Wow, Anyways, wow. Uh, I got some pent up anger about was, Disney princesses over there. Maybe. Uh, who knows? It, you know, it's. I didn't get my Fortnite costume, so now I have to be a Disney Prince. I'm just joking. That was the <laughs> only right. costume left at the Halloween store. I, I make one hot bell. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you just wanted to be Tomato Head. Where was I? Oh, no, I think, I think it's 
it's definitely the shot in the arm that Riot needed for League of Legends. They needed something vastly different. They needed a narrative out there that wasn't here comes Korea again winning it. Yep. They didn't they needed some Cinderella stories, more than one, and they got like if you could have uh at the beginning of the year said, what do we need to make this the most crazy, insane worlds to get everybody back in, in, involved in this, keep the dream alive that one day you could be playing at this level. We need to wipe the board clean and put in all of the underdogs and let them go as far as they possibly can. And that's what they got. And I'm super stoked about it. I think it has been boring over the years, especially in the last few years, to watch the Koreans always be the favorites and for it to largely play out that way, you get the occasional like, oh, is TSM going to do it? Nope, no one believes that. We finally have what I believe to be three important narratives that have pushed these numbers up. The most important one being that we have a Chinese team making a run because that is by and far where the largest portion of the audience tends to come from. The longer that a Chinese team stays in, the better off they will be. I think, two, the potential for an all-LCS final. That gets both the EU and the NA super excited. And three, that you just don't flat-out know who's going to win. The unpredictability this year has been insane. And I would bet that given the fact that we have either an EU-LCS team winning and repeating or we have an LPL team winning that the numbers are going to go up even more for the finals next weekend. I think I think you're right. I think the everything leading up to this, people now want to see, especially now we have Europe, a European team in there, and it could... Uh, I mean, you're going to get Chinese numbers now because you have a, a Chinese team in the final, so that's a guaranteed. Then you're also, you've also got a European team in there, which hasn't really happened before you. So you still have technically like an underdog story in a lot of ways here. Yeah. And this is a team that hasn't won anything since the first season. I I think it's it's going to happen. I would have been EU better. EU team is the favorite to win world, right? And this is another weird time. thing, right? Like this is this is mirror world at this point. We said this weeks ago that this is exactly the shot in the arm that the EU LCS needed headed into franchising, and we I don't even think even then we realized exactly how big of a shot it's potentially going to get. There's a very good chance. The fanatic walks away with this next weekend. Yeah, crazy, crazy town. So, random other, ra- random other randomness. Rando. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's my segue. Bandai Namco uh, made a surprise announcement at Paris Games Week, unveiling near Automata, near Automata's two B as the next guest fighter in Soul Calibur Six. You are the fighting game aficionado, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're your boys, Profit all of them. The Profit, whatever. Sense. Whatever. If I get the franchising thing right, I'm the Profit for years. <laughs> Anyways, uh, have we jumped the shark when it comes to all these different guest characters? Now, we've had Geralt from The Witcher recently as well announced. Uh, and then, I think it was at Evo, Tekken 7 announced Negan, which yeah, is... Yeah, Walking Dead. Yeah. Where are you at with this? So this is a tough one for me because I think it depends on the franchise and I think it depends on the mechanics of that character. There have been both very good examples and very poor examples of guest characters in games. Soul Calibur has seen itself fall on both sides of the equation. Back in the day, we got Vader and Yoda as platform-specific guest characters, and they were broken and painful and it did not go well at all. But then we've seen ones like perfect example is and we don't think about it this way a lot but smash is a perfect example where we've had like ryu from street fighter be involved in it that is not a nintendo game and street fighter is not considered necessarily even like 
to be on Nintendo as a platform first, but that has gone really well. We see this a lot play across like the SNK games. We've seen this literally turn into a franchise with uh, Blaz Blue uh, Cross Tag Battle and bringing ones from. So I think it depends on is this a guest character from outside of the fighting game genre? Is this a guest character from another fighting game? I think Soul Calibur in particular fits both these characters that they've put in here as guests very, very well. Um, I will also say that one of the loudest reactions we got at Evo was when they announced Negan for Tekken 7. So, and Tekken 7 has had a long run of guest characters, both from within and without fighting games that have been very well received. So it often comes down to the mechanics of that particular character within the game. But I think Soul Calibur 6 and its fans are used to this concept at this point. So is it jumping the shark? I think it's just what you do. Like... uh, it's a good way to get people to buy DLC. I don't hate it. Um, the games that I tend to play are not as subject to it as some of these other games like Soul Calibur are. But, you know, I, I think it's fine. It's not getting out of control, at least at least at this point. Well, I think it might be fair to go back and look at Evo's announcement and see whether or not the cheers were for the fact that Negan was involved or the cheers were or maybe uh, exclamations of, like, why didn't we see anything in terms of like there was no gameplay no nothing it was literally that was the voice. greatest silhouette reveal i've ever seen what are you talking about yeah so i i'm wondering it wasn't as bad as like the artifact reveal at, at ti that one year which became like a yay and then oh when they announced it was a uh, i still a use a gif of that is just like to convey disappointment <laughs> right so i i can agree with this largely because on the fact that like Stories and fighting games aren't always hand in hand. What are you talking and I think, about? The plot not, not is always. beautiful. Not always. I mean, most I'm of the time, totally not. trolling you. But uh, and I know that like Soul Calibur tries to give you the storyline. So every time they bring in like the Witcher, they time or they, it's yeah, well, yeah, it's the easiest thing to do. It's a uh, different worlds when they all meet up through these portals and time travel, and that's how the fights begin. Like you okay, just describe Heroes of the Storm basically. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's just the default de facto way of getting uh, yep. timelines to work out, yep. but. Uh, in this case, at least try and wrap some kind of story around it. And, and I get it. I feel like it's even kind of a stretch in Soul, Cal- Soul Calibur um, when you started getting into the story in like things like Injustice 2. Like, that's different because there's a lineage like a, of comics. Like a comic arc behind the game. Right, right. Where this, uh, not so much. And I think if, if the story doesn't matter much, jumping the shark, so to speak, and bringing in people, as long as it's cool. Because if you think about it, those characters already have a story associated with them. It doesn't have to be the story associated with that game. Right. You, you identify with the character, and that's the important part. I think she looks pretty badass in the trailer, so I'm looking forward to playing her. I Yeah. Okay. There All you right. go. I feel like Geralt's a little, like, just doesn't make it. I oh, know yeah, he's already the, in. But the Witcher franchise is just so popular. How do you pass up that opportunity? Well, no. I, I totally I totally get what they're glomming onto there. I just think his fighting style and everything in that game looks incredibly boring. And It, it is a little slow and clunky in comparison to a lot of them, but we'll see. Riot Games has added a new loot item to its PBE client earlier today, and it's called the Summoner's Crown Capsule. The item is silver and purple and blue with little Twitch Prime crowns encased in it. Does this mean that League of Legends is finally getting a item tied to Twitch Prime? And what does this mean about the relationship between Riot and Twitch? Well, I think riots and and Twitch still need to to love on each other some more. And I know that there's well, some sourness now because ESPN ain't doing it. <laughs> I know there's some probably some sourness there, and they may have been pitted against uh, what was it? What was it called? Uh, MLBAM? I just like to listen to you. Is try it to Bam Bam? Every time, every time, you've never I once forget. got it right. Anyways, uh, that one. What was it? What was MLB it? MLB Advanced Media. 
Okay, there you go. It's yeah, M L B A M, right? Yeah. Mulbum. Yeah, whatever it is. It doesn't make sense. Uh <laughs> nor do I. Uh anyways, so I don't think that uh them uh staying apart for long makes any sense. This is whatsoever. like a losing battle for Riot. It, well, no, not necessarily. Like it, it's a it's a win in a lot of ways, especially a win for for Amazon and Twitch Prime because the amount of money that they'll end up making off this in some way, shape, or form, and you also know that Riot is getting a good chunk of money if they're just giving these away. There, that money, the money is going two ways here, and I and I would beg to different to, to say that maybe Riot is the winner in this one. I mean, Riot's the winner in that Twitch is allowing this to happen. I do agree. Like, there's certainly no... It's not like there's a lack of business value here for Amazon and Twitch. They're going to make a ton of money of people signing up for Prime, potentially, in order to get this, because they're talking about this being a random legendary legendary tier skin shard, which would be a big deal for a game like League of Legends. So people are going to want to sign up to get that. But I also do think it is a slight admission on Riot's part that they can't live in this world without the help of Twitch. Twitch is still the platform of note for esports tournaments and now that riot has had a failed attempt to build this whole custom streaming model with mlb advanced media the whole espn deal which seems to have largely now gone to overwatch league they need twitch at least in the short term to continue to be a platform for people to watch league of legends on there and if you want to draw audience in we've seen this time and time again from all tiers of esports you need to have some sort of deal with twitch doing things where they're giving them Items and loot for watching, you know, Here's the Storm is a perfect example of this where they've drawn in a lot of audience because of this ability for loot to randomly drop. Dota's had it for years. Overwatch League does it. Riot needs to do this to continue to capture this momentum from Worlds, and having a great Worlds plus this seems like a good equation to me. Now, but think about it this way. Riot largely trying to take not League of Legends itself off. They were just trying to take the LCS and basically make it its own thing. Right. They weren't trying to stop people from streaming it. They were just wanting to offload their franchised games onto another platform so that they could monetize it. Now, if Twitch comes at you and says, hey, this is totally unrelated to NALCS, EU LCS, whatever it may be, and we just want to throw money at you, and you don't have to split that with any other teams. It's just free money. You just, yeah, that's a win all in No, right it could very court. well be the case. You're right. I, I could be reading too much into this and saying this is toxic. Yep. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Hearthstone League from an orange heart. Like, you took an orange heart tweet and turned into Hearthstone League, but I'm the one jumping to conclusions. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right, but now I'm going to give you a chance to play Profit for one last time here. All right. So the uh, Route 66 payload was changed on the PTR. And the weapon that usually uh, players escort uh, across the map has gone missing. Now, in the past, whenever these things kind of change within maps, it's an uh, indicator that a new hero is on the way. BlizzCon's coming. Map changes on PTR. Uh, y- yeah. I mean, what we know something. Hero 29 has got to be coming. I mean, you can't what call me it? a prophet for predicting this because, it, I mean... You don't have. We already know that there will be no map at BlizzCon because Daddy Jeff literally in this weird string of Blizzard announcing their non-announcements that has been happening. One of the non-announcements they decided to make was that they were not releasing a new map at BlizzCon, but there would be new Overwatch content. Combine this with this hint that is very similar to what we saw with the payload when Doomfist was announced and Arisa was announced. I think it's happening. Who is going to be? Jesus, it could be anything at this point. I've seen some people believe that it's going to be the Junkertown Queen, which I do not think will happen at all because that feels... Wait, nope, I'm going to change my mind mid-sentence because 
Arisa and Doomfist were pretty tied together from a lore perspective when they came out. Right. So there is a potential that we could see Wrecking Ball and then Junkertown Queen, who are both loosely tied together, and actually not even loosely, very tightly tied together from a lore perspective, potentially come out back to back. I know some people want to see one of those other cool mechas that was part of the Diva trailer, and they pointed out that the hatch that is on top of this particular part of the payload matches the hatch that is on top of the Diva mech. The internet amazes me. Man, people have nothing else better to do with their time. So are we going to get Hero 29? 100%. What is it going to be? No freaking clue. I'm still going to be excited when it comes. How about this? I'm going to, I'm going to make two other random, random no, this processes. this is not related to the Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two other random things. One, something will happen, and while they won't introduce a new map, some of the maps will change in some way, shape, or form. Like I think there will be a story arc thing which changes maps. That's what they do at Doomfist. Yeah, they did in some ways. The, the lobby, basically, a new body, right? Yep. Uh, now, the other thing is they drop two characters. Ooh. Ooh. That's a bold claim. Making bold moves. If they are not dropping a new map, getting cocky I think they drop the two. League thing. I, I that's it. I, I do agree. There probably has to be more content than just a hero dropping. I don't know what that content is going to be. Whether we're going to get new modes or something of that nature, but I agree, something has to come. Two heroes would be bold. Well, we saw that in that's Heroes of the Storm, right? We saw that Heroes of the Storm was that last year was Alex yeah, Straza. Yeah, and but they do it in a different clip than I mean. Hanzo? Yeah, Overwatch is four a year. You're predicting five. I think like I, I think the clip in which they're dropping new characters is far too slow. I and that's part, part of the agree, issue. but they don't agree. I think they need to. <laughs> they need to agree. Is that what you're saying? No, I think that maybe they'll announce a, a reworking of one of the other characters, which essentially is like getting another character in the in the meanwhile, right? Well, yeah, but we've already got Jesus Christ. The, that's a whole separate topic Torbjorn, for another yeah. show: is the remaking of characters versus the. Uh, the releasing new characters. We've definitely gotten with um, Symmetra and Torb getting pretty massive reworks right. in some cases multiple times. But, well, I don't know. We'll know in uh, this time next week. We will know whether you were right or not. We should uh, do a scorecard next Monday of your major BlizzCon predictions, which apparently are now Hearthstone League and two heroes from Overwatch. You are just going for broke at this point. That's it, man. That's it. If go you get all those, you should buy yourself a lottery ticket while you're at it. I might have to do that after the show. <laughs> I mean, you missed out on the opportunity to win a billion dollars, but you could have invested in you Epic. Know, you know, who's to say that if I am right on all these points, that that billion dollars won't come to me in just another way? <laughs> wow. On that incredibly humble note, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over on iTunes, be sure to leave us a five-star review. We've gotten two of them this week. Oh, wow. The people be listening. We Yeah, now we're up to like eight listeners now. I know. It's, it's great. Well, it's because you went on Mixer. They all know that your friends are forsaken, so they just want to be tight with you and your boy. <laughs> yeah, all the all the responses are about cheating in CSGO. That's yeah, I it. can't wait. Yeah, if you want to leave us a five-star review with your favorite way to cheat in CSGO, you can do that, and Seven will appreciate it. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media, at E-League Podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to troll us more directly, you can catch us on our Discord over at discord.eleaguereport.com. And if that's not enough esports content for you, be sure to check out our newly minted E-League Daily for the day's top headlines available as an Amazon Echo Flash Briefing or in regular old podcast form. Are you looking forward to those Forsaken iTunes reviews? I am. No, not at all. Last time we did this, people did like juice and cake recipes, so... 
This well, is far better than that. Yeah, I guess so. Somewhat relevant. Somewhat relevant. <laughs> <sighs> That's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Thursday with the midweek edition of the Evening Report. <laughs>